developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Billions of people have vision problems, and vision is more than 2020. Vision Beyond Sight will help you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Your vision does not define you. You define your vision. With Dr. Lin's new way to look at your life through a new lens, you will be ready to meet yourself and receive visualizations for miracles to come. Welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Lynn, and welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Today, visiting with us is one of my favorite yoga teachers, Jen Wilking. Jen is truly an amazing person, as you'll quickly see her power, passion, and creativity. Today, we're going to talk about her evolution of teaching the very physical practice of yoga to a practice rooted in rest and connecting with your own knowing and then connecting that knowing with how we live our lives in the details, big and small. But a little bit about Jen before we jump right in here. Jen grew up in a small town in Ohio, went to Ohio State for her uh, bachelor's degree in physical therapy, Arizona State for her master's in exercise, exercise science, and Arcadia for her doctorate in physical therapy. For the past decade, she's been blending physical therapy, and yoga, leading anatomy, workshops, teacher trainings, and developing a yoga program for a group of people with Parkinson's disease and their partners. Certainly during the pandemic, all our lives changed, and for Jen, she took all her teachings online, leading Zoom yoga classes and trainings, and creating an online breathing course. She began to teach a yoga nidra, which is my favorite, a yoga nidra series in the spring of 2020 that's grown into an eight-week program called Meditation Meets Action. Jen envisions a world where people feel safe to be themselves, where dignity is honored, even when we disagree, and when we work together to build more just and joyful communities. So with all of that, Jen, welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. It's truly a pleasure. And, you know, you and I met because I was looking to get back into yoga, but with all my physical back and, and knee and structural kinds of difficulties, I needed to find a physical therapist to help adapt yoga for me because just going into a regular yoga class and doing extreme stretches and holds, I knew was not good for my body. And uh, that's that's how we met. You, you really... Mm-hmm gave my body an overview look and helped adjust a yoga program for me. And I so truly treasured that. And that was before the pandemic. Um, yep. Yes. So the be- days of in the studio, in the studio, which I just loved. And, and uh, that has all changed for all of us for sure. So as we move into your transformation, first, I'd like you to explain to our audience, there's lots of different types of yoga. If you'll just briefly tell us some of the, the main different yogas they see 
Um, and let's look at the differences, and then we'll get into what's sim- similar in all of them. Sure. Um, I think of I think of them kind of in buckets of a very physical practice, so uh, more athletic, very focused on the postures and. Um, Usually a class of, of about an hour, and it's it's almost exclusively movement based. And then um, at the other end is um, meditation or yoga nidra. Uh, these kind of practices where there's there's really no movement at all. And in between, there are other types like yin, which is primarily. Um, looking at stretching connective tissue, and then there's also restorative yoga, which is stillness, but without a guided meditation usually. So along this spectrum, um, a lot of people come in at that very physical, like, you know, want to get in shape point, <laughs> but right. but you can enter at any any point along the spectrum. And some of the names that people will see, you know, because the classes often have names, but you never know what's being offered. There's, you know, the Hatha Vinyasa, Hot. Yes. Um, So uh, Vinyasa and um, Power Yoga are kind of those really athletic kinds. And then Hatha is more... um, posture, uh, posture changing, um, instead of that slow, um, through the movement, which is more of vinyasa. And, um, then there are things like gentle or, um, you know, different groups. Sometimes it's named for the group that it's for, or they're, you know, they're in my area, there are really popular senior yoga classes, things like that. But it's hard to know because each teacher is so individual, their teaching style is, is, can be so different and you really have to try to try it out. (laughs) You can kind of go by the name and then, then you show up and and the same named class can be completely different. And that's so true. And thanks for that because I've experienced that a lot. So with all of these differences, there is something that's consistently important through all of the yoga styles and types of yoga. You know, what's that consistency? Absolutely. Uh, It's the breath. So whether you are doing a very athletic practice um, or if you are still and supported for a yoga nidra um, or a meditation, the breath is a focus. You're combining breath with movement or you're focusing on breath with stillness. And the breath connects the physical um, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, and it gives us that anchor throughout the practice. And that's, you know, it's so funny because certainly in my work in vision therapy, uh, we talk about the breath a lot. And I remember I had a patient, she had um, a visual problem of crossed eyes and she was stressed and she just couldn't do anything. And Mm. one week her home therapy was just a practice on her breathing. And her comment to me was, I don't have time for that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I thought, man, we got a problem here if you don't oh, have time boy. for the breath. Right. Oh. Um, and later we're going to talk more about the breathing and maybe have you get some samples of that. Um, sure. And one of the things I noticed, and that's some of the difference in teaching styles is there are some teachers that with Almost every posture, they're talking about, you know, breathing in, breathing out, you know, extending breath, but not all classes necessarily do they talk about it. And those are the ones that are 
more like the aerobic physical ones of let's just see how hard we can make it and and uh, <laughs> get into those postures. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say, ideally, it's there as an undercurrent through all, uh, but definitely there's a wide range of is it mentioned at all? To is it as you said at each each movement, you know, breathe in this, breathe out that. Uh, so it, it's definitely um, integrated in in very different ways. Right. So along with the breath and the physicality, I know that you have always used a lot of visualizations and affirmations, which. Uh, I think is one reason I've resonated so much with you because visualization is such a big part of my work as well. Um, And I've had, you know, physical therapists, yourself included, that instead of just, you know, giving you exercises and telling you to move your leg or do this or that, you really incorporate the visualization, either showing on a skeleton how you move or a body or, or that physicality. But go ahead and explain to us, you know, how you use visualizations and affirmations in your work. So um, especially in Yoga Nidra, um, it's in there, there are a lot of visualizing um, and imagining, you know, opposites, so hot and cold or um, tense and relaxed and really, Imagining that and feeling it, so tying together what's happening in the mind and what's happening in the body, and then finding your way in and out of that. Um, With breathing and with yoga classes, I'll often use my hands to, like, show, like, here's what's happening at the bottom of your rib cage, you know, as it's coming in and out as you breathe. Uh, Or I like to use uh, visualizations of a wave. So when, as you breathe in, imagine that wave coming in through your nose and then coming all the way to your fingers and toes. And then as you breathe out, it recedes all the way back and then out through the nose. So I think that people get caught up in the details of, you know, you can talk about anatomy and, oh, your diaphragm's going down and the air's coming in and there, you know, your brain gets caught up in the details. But if you say, draw the draw the air in and imagine it flowing through your body to your fingers and toes you can visualize that and then people start to really feel it and then when you feel that you can drop down from the thinking into that space of relaxation because when you're thinking and get all caught up in in the details of it it tends to show up in a higher breath higher in the chest um, in the shoulders and that tensing um, that then leads us more into the stress and less toward the, the resting. And when you're talking about visualization, you're really speaking very multi-sensory and you used it in your language of not only see it, but feel it and temperature mm-hmm. and, and movement and, you know, bringing in all the senses in your imaginary uh, kind of world to really yeah. help you go deeper and I loved what you mentioned about and to get out of the thinking mind which is what <laughs> what got me up at four o'clock this morning was my thinking mind yes mine tends to do the same yeah right which is interesting well you've also done some work with Julia Cameron's the artist's way about creating a list of affirmations what do you mean by that oh that was so interesting to me because um she she early on has you start to kind of confront your inner critic and the way that she did it, I 
as far as affirmations like I am wonderful, those I those have never really resonated for me. So I was like, all right, but I'm open mind, we're gonna try this. And her her statement was, I um am a brilliant and prolific writer. And I was like, wow, that sounds that sounds like a lot to say about myself. And she's like, just write it ten times and see what comes out. And she calls them blurts. And so as I'm writing it 10 times, the stuff that was coming out, and you're supposed to write that down too. So all of the inner critic kind of voice, like, you know, oh, really? You haven't written for a week or, you know, this is for other people, not for you, or your writing's not good enough, any of those kinds of messages. So what she says to do is to take that, look at it, challenge it, and then flip it, right? Like, I am a capable and creative writer, you know, and just kind of flip it and then use that. Because I think using those extreme, like I am brilliant and prolific, uh, that doesn't feel, that doesn't feel accessible. Um, But something where you take that chattery voice that's just scared and give it a firm that, hey, you are enough. And then put that in an affirmation. That has been fun. Probably my most used affirmations, though, um, are the chakras. So the the focal points that were used in ancient meditation, um, they run from the pelvic floor to the top of the head. And each of them has a focus. So I like to use, um, starting at the bottom, I am safe, I am free, I belong, I am loved. I am true, I see clearly, and I surrender. And when I use those from bottom to top, I'll I'll start those like in meditation in the morning just to kind of settle myself. So to me, those are affirmations and those are very felt affirmations that just settle me right into where I am. And that's that's the that's what I use more often than I am brilliant and prolific. <laughs> So those were beautiful. I'm going to have you repeat it in just a second. But you sure. said from bottom to top. Are you talking chakra so, uh, yes. areas? Yeah. So mm-hmm. explain that. And then if you'll say it again one more time, I, I love listening to those. Yeah. So from the starting from the pelvic floor and going to the top of the head, um, I am safe. I am free. I belong. I am loved. I am true, I see clearly, I surrender. Well, thank you. That uh, certainly made my day to start out. That's, <laughs> that's beautiful. And and just, you know, I want our audience to notice almost all of them start with I am. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we know the, the line, I am that I am. Yes. Uh, and it's yeah. not, I think, I suppose, maybe, I am. And and those are accessible. And the biggest thing about the affirmations, I often call them declarations, you need to believe it. And that's, yeah. I think, what you'd said. I'm a genius. Well, if you don't believe it, you can say it, but it sure doesn't work. <laughs> if anything, it makes you feel worse. You're like, that's not true. All right. Right. So the point of the affirmation affirmation is truly finding something that resonates with you you yeah not somebody else Mm -hmm. and then take and live your life through safe free belonging loved 
true seeing clearly and surrender. Um, that's beautiful. That's great. Well, let's shift gears just a little bit. And again, my time with you was pre-pandemic where you were my PT and yoga instructor. Uh, and I appreciate all the adaptations and sent me off into yoga, you know, for several years. (laughs) And then, then the, yeah. And I thank you. And then the pandemic happened and I started, well, my yoga dropped off personally uh, did some at home, but not many classes. But then I started seeing these emails coming through because I've signed up for a lot of your newsletters and things. And all of a sudden, you know, your health was uh, being discussed. So why don't you kind of take us through this time of your life? What was going on? <laughs> oh, yeah, this is this is really something. Um, so this April, so three months ago, I... Um, had lunch and then my belly started to feel hard, like, you know, not bloated, like soft and low, but more like high and hard in the center. And I'm like, that's really weird. And about three hours later, it dropped down into the lower uh, right corner of my belly. And I thought, oh no, I know what this is. So I ended up um, in the emergency room a few hours later for an emergency appendectomy. It all went swimmingly. Everything was awesome. I got home at 1.30 a.m. that night, was able to sleep in my own bed. I was like, whew, that was exciting. And for most people, that's the end of the story. For me, it was just the beginning. Um, about a week later, things started getting worse, and the pain really ramped up. And I called the surgeon a couple days in as, as the pain was increasing, and he said, come back in, let's do um, blood tests and another CT scan. And it turns out I had an abscess from surgery. So although my appendix hadn't ruptured, it had um, leaked a little bit and there was a, there was a kind of a bad spot on it and it created an abscess on my pelvic floor. And so I was hospitalized again, had, um, they couldn't reach it. So they said, let's try IV antibiotics. I had a few days of that with like fevers of 103 to 105, very low blood pressure, very high heart rate. Um, A few days in, they did a scan to see if it was gone and the size of it had doubled. (laughs) But good news, bad news, they could reach it now. So um, they went in to aspirate and they left in a drain. And... um, during that time, like my vitals just went berserk. Like I, I was awake during the procedure, um, but my blood pressure was so low. They, it really scared everyone. And they, you know, called in the squad of doctors to, you know, make sure everything was fine. And it was, it was wild. Um, they pumped me full of fluids to get my blood pressure back up. Um, I ended up having pulmonary edema because I mean, it was like, 10 to 15 pounds of fluids over those couple of days to get me back. Uh, so I was really having trouble breathing, which was quite an experience for someone who, you know, teaches breathing. <laughs> and then um, a weekend of that, I was discharged and they pulled the drain. Everything was going okay. I didn't feel very good, but I was home. And then I had a CT scan to make sure everything was good before they stopped the IV antibiotics that I was going in for. 
And I had some kind of reaction. They're still not sure what happened to maybe the CT die. And I, within an hour and a half, um, was very, very sick. I ended up being septic and in the ICU for the weekend. And then I got home after that, doing better, and have had two rounds of GI infections from all of the intensive antibiotics that I had. So that basically brings us up to... Uh, today, which I just finished the last round of antibiotics a few days ago, and, you know, I'm really hoping that we're done with this. But it's been a three-month um, three month experience, all from something that is usually very routine. Well, that's, I'm sorry to hear that. And, you know, I'm just shaking my head like, you know, people look at appendicitis, you go in, it's a one-day procedure, you come out, you're a little weak, and, you know, within a few days, you're back and running. And this didn't happen. What no. really, what really uh, was interesting to me, and we just have a couple minutes before the break. But you mentioned a couple things where you were most impacted. You mentioned, you know, um, the pelvic floor, which is mm-hmm. where your first um, affirmation was about safe, and your mm-hmm. breathing was involved. That must have just, from an emotional standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, been an issue for you <laughs> it was it was a lot the pelvic floor um after the after the where they went in with the needles um the pelvic floor was it, it had experienced a lot of trauma and it was very unhappy and then the inability to breathe that was just very new to me. Like you couldn't, I couldn't get my breath. I couldn't really talk. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, my oxygen level, I was on oxygen and this was all just, um, really strange to go from, you know, being very healthy to, to being, you know, in an ICU bed. Boy, I just, I really can't imagine. Um, and so, um, certainly all our prayers and, and healing and light goes to you, but, uh, you know, we're we're going to take a break in in just a minute and okay you know after the break um i'd like to really talk to you about the silver linings you know i, I remember yeah. when i had a lot of medical problems in 2002 i had a tumor in my colon and it was removed and i became allergic to all foods and all of this stuff um it's certainly a traumatic time in my life but out of that came the silver lining of finding people like you and yoga and meditation and discovering, you know, a new way for me to live my life. During the the midst of the trauma, however, you don't always see that silver lining because you're so so involved in the pain and what what ifs and and all of that. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to take a break here, and when we return, uh, I'd love to hear from you. You know, what's come up for you? Is there any silver, li- silver lining and uh, what that might be and, and just what's, what's next for you? Okay, so we'll sure. be right okay. back. Thanks so much. Sounds good. Dr. Lynn will be right back after this.
your child see, really see, more than 2020? Does your child struggle in school, have trouble with tracking when reading, or resist writing? Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's award-winning book, See It, Say It, Do It, provides parents and teachers with specific tools and strategies in visualization and processing. Improve and empower your child's learning and performance in school, sports, and play. Get See It, Say It, Do It on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Vision Beyond Sight will help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Join Dr. Lynn each week for a new exciting episode, Vision Beyond Sight. Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's book, 50 Tips to Improve Your Sports Performance, has identified the top 50 ways for you to achieve excellent results in any sport activity, enhance eye-mind-body coordination skills, achieve the mental edge, prevent injuries. This book belongs in every athlete's or coach's sports bag. Get 50 Tips to Improve Your Sports Performance on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Welcome back to Vision Beyond Sight. Here's Dr. Lynn. Hi, everybody. We've been having a, a fascinating conversation with Jan Wilking, who has a doctorate in physical therapy. She was my yoga teacher, and uh, she's really transformed the physical practice of yoga that she has taught for years into really uh, a practice rooted in rest and connecting with your own knowing. So Jen was telling us about her very traumatic uh, incident just recently in April and that she's still recovering from. Um, And we just started talking through many, many of our traumas. There's often a lesson or silver lining that may not show up in the midst of the trauma by any means, but sometimes um, it leads us and changes our path in a way that um, be- might become a gift. And so I'm just interested because of your mindfulness, just in who you are and how you practice, has any anything come up for you as you've been dealing with um, this whole appendicitis and aftermath? Well, in the midst of it, I really tried to notice details and celebrate joys. Um, and in the hospital, that looked like um, things like they won the blankets in, ho- in hospitals. So if anyone who doesn't know this, it's the most amazing thing. They 
they keep them in a basically the a refrigerator that's a heater and then they pull out a blanket and so when you are cold or fevered or just not feeling well it's it just feels amazing and then um, grape popsicles the grape popsicles were <laughs> just heavenly right and um I had a friend bring me ginger chews um, or my husband holding my hand or music. I listen to music. And if you'll notice, a lot of these things are sensory based. Like I really, um, things that you can feel or smell or taste or touch helps to root you in the moment. And, and that is a point where you can find safety, right? If I, if I focused on everything that was going on around me, I, I could have quickly gotten, sure. um, yeah, but, if, but you can, can kind of pull in and, and settle. So that was one way that I, that I found the, the little pieces of joy as the, the worst of it was happening. Um, and there were times, uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest, there were a couple of times where I lost the ability to do that. There were a couple of places, but it, but it always came back. And then, um, then it shifted this last month or so to this really like limbo land of what's happening and is this going to be done? And, and so then really practicing, patience and being okay with whatever is because my daughter and I have a big trip coming up and for a while I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to go and I had to get to the point where I was like you know what if I get to go wonderful if I don't it's okay and so practicing that and which is always <laughs> which is always a good muscle to uh, to exercise and as far as what is really going to come out of this, there have been a few little things already. I've been writing about it in my weekly newsletter, and I've had people write to me and say, you know, um, this is my experience with a similar thing, uh, or, oh, because of what you said, when my husband was having pain of a different kind, I took it seriously, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as where things are going, I'm really open right now. Um, for a long time, I've wanted to travel, and um, I'm leaving next week for uh, two months in Europe, and I'm hoping to write and explore and do all kinds of things and just be open to the silver linings, next steps, what's happening. So is this your big trip with your daughter, two months in Europe? Well, so just two weeks with her, and then she she comes back uh, for school, and then I um, she's going into her last year of law school. So she this was her window, right? Like tip number one of traveling in Europe is don't travel in August, but it's literally the only two week period we had. <laughs> so uh-huh. so we are headed to Austria and Italy, and then she's coming back, and then I am. Seeing family in Amsterdam and then spending a month in Spain by myself, and um, like I said, hope to to write and to create, do more with the um, meditation needs action program, and just really um, follow what unfolds. That's so. I mean, that's very exciting and courageous at the same time. Uh, <laughs> I'm, but, yeah, I'm a little yeah, overwhelmed by what I have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's great. And I think what you're showing is, you know, when when we go through an experience and it can be a physical, emotional, you know, 
any kind of traumatic experience, it really shakes us to the core, you know, mm-hmm. and to the core and, and makes us look at our core values. Um, yeah. I know that's what I got out of my, my experience in 2002 with my health issue is that what's really important to me in my life. And, um, you know, you, you speak and write about that. Why don't you share a little bit about your core values and finding out what really matters to you? Sure. That's, um, that's actually a big block of, of what I do um, with people in Meditation Needs Action. There's a section, and it's it's been um, for several rounds of it now, and each time it kind of develops. Like when I first started looking at core values, um, I would get lists. Like you can get different lists on the Internet or people have, here are values, and pick pick your core values. And I always had so much trouble with that. I don't know if you're like this, but I would circle like 20 of them. Yeah, of course this is important. And that's, important. <laughs> and then you've got this unwieldy list of, of core values. So I started to go at it a little different way and um, journaling about it and asking questions of, you know, who do you like to spend time with? How do you like to spend your time? Um, what do you really care about? What really angers you? Um, who do you admire? Things like that. And through through those questions, um, they're usually really easy to just spill onto the page. And one of my favorite is, um, who really angers you? Who do you have a really strong dislike for? And ideally, a public figure, not someone that you know personally. But like, and then write about why, and then keep it to actions and and beliefs or things that they're saying and identify in there what really angers you because that points directly at a core value you have. And so by doing it that way, even if you have a bunch of things that you value, you can really say, ah, this is what's important to me and this is where I want to spend my time and energy. And so this idea of Figuring out what matters to us and then intentionally living with that as a guide instead of letting whatever comes at us, you know, I mean, between the phone, the computer, the iPad, the whatever, there's always something to distract us. And right. But if we are clear on what matters, we can put uh, time and energy there. I really like that. I've never done it that way of, because when you talk about what angers you, especially a public figure, that is right there for me. <laughs> oh, yes. And, you know, the dehumanizing of people shows up yes. right away. And boy, flipping that to be a core value is very easy. Um, boy, that, that's really a great way. Thank you for that. Um, we've been talking about meditation. You're talking about the two-way street of meditation and action. Tell us what you mean by that. So when I first started teaching Yoga Nidra, my intention for sharing it was all helping the person in front of me to feel relaxed, to feel good, to feel valued, um, to really have that nervous system experience of being safe. And, and that was that was the main the main thing, and that is hugely important. Over time, as as it developed, and I began to teach it, and not just in classes but in workshops, I began to add layers of what does this look like in real life. 
right? Okay, we we have this experience, we feel this way. Now, how do we take this into life? And so it it can be small, very small steps. Um, I take two slow breaths when someone upsets me or, you know, whatever, whatever happens, very little to very large. And it, it really quickly evolved into this, how, how does this show up in everyday life? And so both we're going inward to be calm, but then we're taking what we find out into the world. And I think that we can make such a huge difference in what seems like the smallest of way of ways, you know, smiling at someone, holding a door for someone, um, taking a moment to listen to a stranger, um, having patience, whatever it is, and then and then moving through that and thinking of what matters as a whole, like there are so many things. We are, we are each one person and it can be overwhelming to look at the world's problems and think, oh my goodness, you know, and then you just lose hope. It's more despair. But if you really identify what matters to you and what, what moves you, what brings you to tears, what angers you and put your time and energy there, I think that then that knowing or that inner guidance helps us to make a difference in the ways that matter to us, because I think we each have things that matter. And if we act on those together, we make a huge difference and it ripples out. Well, you know, that's so interesting because you took me back to one of my yoga sessions that we did a yoga nidra and relaxation. And when I was done, I, it was like all is one and I saw beauty and all of this. And mm-hmm. my comment to the yoga teacher was, how do I take that out in the real world? You know? <laughs> and um, that's really what we're doing this for is yes. Yes. is is to find that self-peace and oneness and find ways to make our difference in the world because yes we i and i know lots of people get overwhelmed with all the chaos around the world and thinking how how could we ever change all that's going on in the world but it is one breath at a time isn't it yeah 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 would you be able to give us a just a short maybe just a two three minute meditation to experience that and um and leave us just where where we end up being. Sure. Let's see. Let's see what flows. <laughs> That's great. All right. So you can um, either you can either do this seated, or if you are in a place where you can lie down um, and put a pillow under your head, cover up with a blanket. Um, the guided meditation is often done um, lying down, all comfy. So find your position. And then breathe in through your nose and slowly out through your nose. Continue to make adjustments. Find your level of comfort. Maybe roll your head side to side. Finding the position that's just right for you. And as you slowly breathe, notice any sounds. What do you hear? Sounds in the distance, 
or sounds nearby. Your eyes can be open, closed, or covered. What do you see? Colors, shades of light. Notice any scents or tastes. And then what do you feel? Notice the surface that supports you. The touch of your clothes on your skin, the air. Remembering to mind the feeling of safety. If it helps, think of people or places or animals that you love. Imagine being with them. Now welcome in what matters most to you. What do you care about? What lights you up? What kind of world do you envision? Now bring your attention to your body. As you hear it called, imagine your breath focusing in each point. The soles of your feet, your arches and ankles. Your calves and shins. Your knees, kneecaps, and the spaces behind your knees. Thighs, hips, pelvis, low belly, low back, rib cage. Bring your attention to your shoulders, upper arms, elbows, forearms, wrists, and hands to each of your ten fingertips. 
then slowly back up the arms, over the elbows, through the shoulders, along the neck, over your jaw and face, back of your head and top of your head. Bring awareness to the right side of your body and to the left, to the front of your body and to the back, deep inside your body and the surface of your skin. Notice again the surface that supports you and imagine sinking into it just a half an inch. As you breathe in, at the very top of your inhale, imagine a little hover. Not a breath hold, just a gentle suspension. And then as you breathe out, same thing at the bottom. Not a hold or a clamp down, just a little float. Breathe in, hover, breathe out, hover. Keep going at your own pace, taking exactly the amount of area that feels right to you, creating a little space, breathing out. Your way. Your And Jen, this is a beautiful place that I don't want to leave, but it's <laughs> it's time that we you're going to have to have time time to keep going to close. Um, thank you for that gift of such peace and calm, um, and that's just a little piece of what you you have to offer. <laughs> to the world, to my audience, and I want to make sure people know how they may reach you and uh, sign up for your courses and get more information. Sure. You can find everything on my website at jenwilking.com and um, also connect with me on Instagram. Um, I'll be sharing things from the trip, and uh, I write a lot about dignity and connection. Uh, from my website, you could also sign up for my weekly newsletter uh, where I share about about those things and um, more meditations on YouTube and Inside Timer. Again, you can find that all on my website. That is great. We'll have those connections on our show notes as well. And Jen, thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. I wish you the best of health and a fantastic trip. And thanks oh, for what you've done you, for Liz. me and for our audience. And we'll see you all back soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank 
you for joining us today on Vision Beyond Sight. Join Dr. Lynn Hellerstein each week to help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Remember, your vision does not define you. You define your vision. For more information and find additional podcasts, visit lynnhellerstein.com. See you next time on Vision Beyond Sight.